Hey guys, welcome to episode 20 of Mock Trials and Tribulations. For those of you who are new, I'm Bianca. I'm a business and immigration lawyer with my own practice outside of Boston. And I also do some compliance work for a company in Boston. And um, when I'm not busy doing that, I write for the Boston Young Professionals Association, which reminds me, I definitely owe them a post this month. Um, If you're interested in learning a little bit more about me and what I've done in the past and all that good stuff, just head over to my website, which is attorneybianca.com. So um, last time I spoke to you guys, I was busy reclaiming my time um, and I thoroughly did that this past weekend. Other than boxing on Saturday morning, I did nothing this past weekend. I Netflixed and chilled by my damn self all Saturday and Sunday. I didn't leave the apartment. Um, I didn't really do any work. The most work I did was clean out my closet, but it was just really great to be able to do nothing. Um, I watched a lot of random stuff on Netflix. I finally watched... um, Dear White People, the show. I watched Friends from College, which is also a show on Netflix. I watched The Incredible Jessica James, starring Jessica Williams. I liked that. If they decide to turn that into a show, I might actually watch that. And um, because I just couldn't help myself, I finally watched What the Health. And unlike everybody else who watched it, I will not be turning into a vegan. Um, And a lot of the information that was shared in With the Health was what I thought already like common knowledge. So I will not be turning into a vegan. Um, The past few months, I have definitely been trying to adopt more of a plant-based lifestyle, like trying to eat less meat. I used to be a vegetarian, um, like back in back in the day, so not eating meat is not really a problem for me. Um, I will probably go back to being a vegetarian or lacto ovo vegetarian at some point. I don't see being full fledged vegan though, because I mean, occasionally a girl's got to have some scrambled eggs, and I don't see giving up scrambled eggs, and I just don't see it. But um, you know, shout out to all you vegans out there that are doing it for health reasons or just because like a lot of immigrants have been vegans, like always. Like I know a lot of people from like Nigeria, Uganda that have just always been vegan. Um, so it's nothing to them. But for everybody who's suddenly motivated to live a healthier lifestyle after watching What the Health, more power to you. I personally think this is like this generation's supersize me where we watched it we were grossed out we gave up mcdonald's for like five minutes and then hauled out a big mac the next day which um you know confession time i've never actually had a big mac i hear it will change my life i will never know but i digress but that's basically all that i did this past weekend i did absolutely nothing I laid in bed, I watched TV, I just reclaimed my time, and I feel so much better for it. However, um, when I finally did reemerge 
and checked my email, um, I saw a lot of emails from you guys. Um, y'all have been sending me lots of questions via email. Y'all have been sliding in my DMs on Instagram. Um, just, you know, asking me a lot of questions, which, you know, wow, that you guys actually care about what I have to say. I'm actually humbled by that. Um, but yeah, a lot of you guys have been asking me a lot of questions via email, um, on Instagram, in my comments, in my Instagram DMs. And with the exception of a few, um, I noticed that they all have one thing in common. And it all has to do with going back to school. Um, you know, not being in school anymore didn't even really fully dawn on me that like a lot of, you know, you guys are starting to go back to law school this week. Um, I know that colleges are going to start going, you know, coming back to school and all of that stuff. Um, I recently bought my brother like mad school supplies. Like I'm going to be that annoying mom that buys her kids all of the things. I'm going to be buying my children like all of the notebooks and all of the pretty pens and all of the Lisa Frank whatever. Like I'm going to be that annoying mom. And I basically did that for my brother. Like I bought him a Herschel backpack. I filled it up with school supplies. I gave him a card that said, you know, like good luck at orientation, put some money in there for his lunch money. I bought him a book that's called whatever you are, be a good one. Like I'm going to be that mom. Um, and I'm basically practicing on my little brother. So, um, I, you know, even in helping him to get ready to go back to school, didn't even dawn on me that, you know, law schools are going back to school. So, um, yeah, a lot of you guys had questions about going back to school. Some of you guys had questions about law school. Some of you guys had questions about grad school. Um, I had a few questions about college, um, and some that are kind of in between. Um, some of these questions I've already answered, um, and I'm always torn about that because almost every episode for the past, I don't even know how many episodes I've said, you guys asked me a lot of questions. Some of them are repetitive. Like some of you guys are asking me the same questions. So I want to do an episode where I'm actually recapping some of the questions I've already answered, or I'm answering them for the first time on the podcast. And every episode, I never do it. So guess what? I'm doing it this episode. Um, like I said, some of them I've already answered to the people directly because um, especially the ones that have replied to me either via email or like on Instagram, it's so much easier for me to just like reply to you right then and then rather than being like, okay, so I'm going to hold your question until... I do this podcast episode that I've been struggling to find more time to do. So um, let's get started. So I have my notes. I have, um, just for the sake of, I don't know, organization, I printed some of them out um, because I'm a total loser. And um, I have like outlines for my answers, but I'm going to try to go as off the, off the cuff as possible. So question one. Hi, Bianca. I just started listening to your podcast. The first episode I listened to was the one where you were crying. <laughs> That's a great introduction. I'm sorry. Um, 
I appreciate how real you are, but at the same time, your story discourages me. I want to be a lawyer, but I haven't wanted to be a lawyer since I was a kid like you, and I honestly don't even know any lawyers. I listened to what you went through to be a lawyer, and I'm questioning whether I really want to do this. I don't want to end up broke like you. No offense. None taken, girl. I get it. Um, Right now, I'm about to start my senior year of college, and I think I want to go to law school, but I kind of want to break from more school. What would you do in my shoes? So first of all, if you guys write me questions, whether via email or on Instagram, um, unless you say differently, I'm just going to keep you guys anonymous. Um, just cause, I mean, if you want me to start saying people's names, whatever, but, um, anywho. So, um, I'm sorry that the first episode of mine you heard was the one where I was like bawling my eyes out. Um, just, that was my three-peat, um, anniversary. I've been practicing law for three years and it's been a tough three years and, um, I was not expecting to cry as much as I did in that episode. Um, so if you haven't listened to it already, just know that, um, episode 18, uh, sit down, be humble is definitely like, I cry. It's kind of, uh, and I ugly cry. Like it's not even a cute cry. Like I'm ugly crying you might hear little sniffles and some snot, like it's a mess. But anyway, um, I really don't mean to discourage you. Um, and I hope that when people listen to my story and you guys listen to like my earlier podcasts specifically where I might've been a little bit more negative and a little bit more like, this is the struggle and the struggle is real. And I don't know this like happy lawyer life. Um, my intent is never to discourage. I never want to be a dream killer. I just wanted an outlet for me to be able to say like, this is my truth. This is my story. This is what I'm going through. And in the off chance that I'm not alone in this and there's somebody else going through all the struggles that I'm going through, just know that you're going to be okay because I made it. I'm okay. I survived being homeless and on food stamps and not having any money and not having a job to being where I am right now. It sucked and it was hard, but I made it through. And for me, like I've always wanted to be an attorney. I didn't have a backup plan as you've probably um, heard throughout my other episodes by now. So I had to do whatever I had to do to make this work. I invested too much time and money into being an attorney, to be honest, like it was going to be lawyer or bust. Um, That said, I definitely don't want that to discourage you. I would hope that you would get some hope from that, that despite all the challenges, if it's something that you really want, then it's worth it. Emphasis on if this is something that you really want. Um, Because like you said, you know, you don't want to end up broke like me. And I would not wish that on anybody. So if I were in your shoes, um, the first thing I would do is think about why you want to go to law school. Like, why do you want a law degree? And what do you want to do with it? And do you want to be a lawyer? And for the benefit of the people that might not even know this, because um, I have spoken to some people that weren't aware, just because you graduate from law school doesn't mean you're a lawyer. You don't become an attorney until you pass the bar. So there are a lot of people who have graduated from law school and have not passed the bar for a variety of reasons, maybe 
they've taken it and failed, or they just never intended to practice law, so they never took it. So there are a lot of people that graduated from law school and aren't attorneys. So also make sure that you understand that, that there's, you know, you got to get into law school, you got to graduate, and then you got to take the bar. And in some instances, depending on the state you live in, you also have to pass an ethics test, um, which is the MPRE, but that's a conversation for another day. So just understand that there's levels to this being a lawyer thing. So, you know, take a just take a moment to really understand like why you want to be an attorney. Um, next, like think about, you know, whatever it is you feel like you want to do with your law degree or as an attorney, does it really require a law degree? Like, can you do what you want to do without being a lawyer? Like I had somebody reach out to me recently who is a paralegal. They have a paralegal certificate or degree or whatever. So they're basically a paralegal, but they want to be an attorney. And, you know, what is it about law that you want to do? Because you're already a paralegal. Maybe you don't even need to be a lawyer. Maybe you can do what you're trying to do as a paralegal and you don't even have to go incur like $200,000 worth of student loan debt to do something that you could already do with the credentials that you have. Um, and this is something that you really want to think about because law school is not cheap and you're not guaranteed a job and Sally Mae's still going to want to get paid regardless of, you know, whether you're working. So like once you figure out what you want to do with your law degree, make sure that like it actually requires one, make sure that it's not something that you can do, you know, without a law degree. And, um, if after you're thinking about all this stuff, you still end up wanting to go to law school, start prepping. Um, you know, make a list of the schools you want to go to and start visiting them. Make sure you're talking to the law students as much as you possibly can. And also take what they say with a grain of salt, because depending on when you're visiting these law schools, you're going to be catching law students in their natural element which might also be a little bit of like negativity too, because, you know, law school is stressful. Law school is not really a happy place. At least it wasn't for me. So, I mean, you might be talking to some law students who are like, law school is the worst place ever. Like take that with a grain of salt too. understand where that's coming from. Um, and, you know, um, just make sure that you do your research and, Come back again and ask yourself, why do you want to go to law school if you still want to go? And why do you want a law degree? And since you want to take a year off or, you know, you want to take like a break from more school, definitely just take a year off to do some more soul searching and figure out if you still want to go. And if you do, then create your game plan to start applying. Um, so best of luck to you. And I'm really sorry that my story kind of discourages you. And also, I always like to preface by saying just because my experience in law school was the worst three years of my life doesn't mean that it will be the same way for you. I know a lot of people that went to law school and they loved it. It was like the best three years of their life. For me, it wasn't, but it all worked out in the end. So um, best of luck to you. Let me know what you decide one way or the other. And if there's anything I can do to help beyond, you know, answering your question, definitely let me know. So question number two, 
I'm currently in a master's degree program for teaching, but I don't really want to finish it. I want to drop out and focus on getting ready for law school next fall. I've always been interested in law because I'm interested in changing policies that affect children and families, but I'm not sure how to transition or how to explain my interest in law and my law school admissions essays. Help, please. Um, so I actually had a couple questions um, from you guys. I had maybe about like five or six questions about people that are currently in master's degree programs from everything from teaching to social work, just like um, human services, just a variety of different master's degrees programs that you guys are in right now. And you're kind of having second thoughts about finishing or you still want to finish, but you still want to get a law degree and you're wondering how to really explain that to law schools. Um, so similar to my answer to the first question, I'd say think about why you want to go to law school. You don't have to go to law school to be able to change policies that affect children and families. You can get a master's degree in public policy and do some policy work that way. I think you could even finish your master's degree program in teaching and be able to teach children um, and maybe impact their lives that way. Maybe through your work as a teacher, be able to parlay your way into um, a position in you know, dealing with policy where you're actually being able to affect change in children's lives and their families and, you know, helping in that regard. Um, as far as how to explain your desire to go to law school and transition, I mean, honesty is always the best policy. It's okay to change your mind midway through a program of study. Just you know, make sure that you're convincing with it. If you just honestly like fell out of love with the program, say that, but also make sure that you can really articulate your reasons for why the master's degree program is not it, but law school is. Like you really want to be convincing and show these schools that, okay, yeah, I started this master's degree program, didn't work out. I'm interested in law because X, Y, Z. Again, why do you want to go to law school? Why do you want a lottery? What do you want to do? Make sure that you can answer those questions well and articulate them awesomely in the form of an essay. Um, best of luck to you. Um, again, similarly, if you have any other questions or if there's anything I can do to help you out, definitely reach back out and let me know what you decide. Like, Let me know if you decided to stay in your master's degree program, if you decided to leave and what schools you're applying to. Like, Definitely um, give me an update when you can. Um, question number three. Hey, Bianca, I'm Anna, and I love your podcast. Um, I just wish you'd do it more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I wish I had your podcast in my 1L year. I'm now going into my 3L year, and I'm about 90% sure I want to practice immigration law. Like you, I'm an immigrant. My family's from Honduras. But it didn't really hit me to do immigration law until what's been happening this year with our president. But now that I'm interested in helping other immigrants, I don't really know where to start. My law school doesn't have an immigration clinic, but it has a basic immigration law class that is being offered this semester, but I can't get in. I'll try again next week in case anybody drops out. 
but if I can't get in, how can I learn immigration law? I'm about 75% sure I want to just start my own immigration practice, but I feel like I need to work for someone first. But who will hire me as an immigration lawyer if I have no experience? What are some things I can do to learn immigration law and get more experience before I graduate in May? So, hey, Anna, and um, I'm sorry I mentioned your name, even though I said I wasn't going to mention any names. Um, so hopefully you don't take it out on me or hold it against me. Um, it's great that you want to help fellow immigrants. Um, it's, you know, what's going on right now with the climate and immigration is um, very disturbing and it's very troubling. So it's really great that you want to help immigrants as much as you can. Um, if you haven't already, I would say join AILA. Um, AILA is the American Immigration Lawyers Association. You can join as a law student and a student membership costs about 50 bucks. And that 50 bucks gets you access to their website, which is full of resources like educational materials. A lot of them are free too. Um, if you go, there's a section on the website where like the materials are and you can click on like free resources or the sale items or whatever. And you can listen to podcast episodes. You can get articles. You can get resources on, you know, like how do you do a cancellation of removal? How do you do this? Or what are some issues that might come up with that? Like it's a great resource. Um, and you also get access to their message board so you can kind of poke around and see what kind of questions lawyers are asking so you can get a little bit more familiar with some immigration topics such as like asylum or green cards or things like that. And you can also join email listservs. So again, you can look to see what other questions people are asking and what some of the answers are so that you can get like a familiarity with certain immigration terms and like immigration topics and you can learn that way. Um, and I really need to start saying or stop saying. Um, um, also, if you join AILA as a student, then when you join as a lawyer, I think you get like $100 off of your lawyer membership fee for the first year. And that's a great discount because AILA is super expensive. Um, I think I joined AILA this year for like $420, I believe. So being able to join AILA for $100, it definitely helps. It makes a difference. And if you happen to end up working for a nonprofit organization, your membership will be, your membership fee will be even uh, less. Um, and while I'm at it, pro tip to any other law students out there, Look into your area bar associations because student memberships are typically like $25 to $75 because they know that law students are poor, law students can't work, and they're, you know, so they don't have any money. So they offer, you know, memberships for like $25 to $75. Bucks. And, you know, similarly to AILA, that gets you access to resources, seminars, and networking events, which is super important because when it comes to getting jobs, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. So I would definitely do that. Um, secondly, look into internships with local immigration organizations or your local ACLU. I mean, the ACLU has been doing a lot of important work this year, um, some of it dealing with immigration. So see if there's like a local chapter of ACLU near you and reach out to them. Also, don't be afraid to cold call an immigration lawyer. Like, just reach out to an immigration lawyer 
and say, hey, you know, I'm a law student and I really want to learn immigration law. Do you need an intern? Do you need help with legal research? Like, is there anything that I can do to help you and learn, you know, et cetera? And some lawyers would be game to do that. Like, I, I think that a lot of lawyers would definitely be willing to help law students. I am definitely. I'm all about once you learn, teach. Um, so I'm all for if I can help you in any way that I can, then I'm going to do it. Third, I would start reading through immigration sites, um, such as USCIS.gov, where most of the immigration forms are. You can literally just go on, you can either just read the stuff off their website or start with the forms. Go to the forms and literally just go through them one by one so that you know what the forms are, you know, what the application process is for that form, what's the benefit being sought with that form, or you can just go on the topics. I think like you can do like, for example, citizenship is an important one that's kind of highlighted on the website. Green cards is another thing, like just read through them and um, learn, you know, the learn the requirements, learn the law, which you can also get through USCIS.gov. You can, if you put in the search box, the Immigration and Nationality Act on USCIS.gov or, you know, just Google, you should be able to pull that up and you can literally just start reading the law and just seeing, you know, what the text of that law is. Also check out the resources through organizations like Clinic Legal. Clinic Legal is an organization, it's an immigration organization in DC, and their website is a wealth of knowledge for immigration lawyers. So just do a lot of like self-help and just read through different things because it's definitely going to help you. Because lastly, you just need to know that even if you got six years of immigration experience before you graduated from law school, you still wouldn't know all the answers. I've been doing immigration law for six years, and that started in law school. I did my immigration law clinic um, for a year in law school, and then I had a series of immigration internships and volunteered at immigration legal organizations. And you know, six years later, I still don't have all the answers. Sway, um, I reach out to my mentors all the time with you know difficult questions or just questions at all and more likely than not they're like yeah so I've never had a case like that before but I'd probably handle it the same way you are so just know that you know even when you are an attorney you're not going to have all the answers and that's okay and um, because through resources like AILA and other resources and as you continue to grow your network of immigration attorneys you'll be able to get more insight and feedback and help for when you do get cases. And also realize that being a lawyer requires on-the-job training. You're not, nobody, no lawyer graduates from, nobody graduates from law school and then takes the bar and then on day one feels completely ready and prepared to be an attorney. So just know that, you know, it's going to be um, a learning curve and you're just going to have to go with the flow and learn as you go, really. But um, definitely best of luck to you. And similarly, if there's anything I can help you with, if you have any questions or anything, you know, don't hesitate to reach out again. And I think I'm just going to do one more question. Um, so question four, 
I'm about to start my first year of law school this year, and I'm freaking out. Everyone keeps saying to do this and that and all this other stuff, and I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. My friend told me to listen to your podcasts, so I have a quick question for you. What are three things I should do to have a good 1L year? All right, so first off, welcome to my shenanigans. I hope you stay a while. Um, And I'll do you one better. I'll give you five things that I think you should do to have a good first year of law school. So number one, um, you should definitely sign up for a bar prep class at some point during your 1L year or, um, you know, if not during your 1L year or like during your orientation or something, you'll start seeing tables pop up for like Barbary, Kaplan, Themis, etc. And all of these are bar prep companies. So they all sell like books and study materials to help people pass the bar. Sign up for one of those companies. It usually costs like 50 bucks. Like during my 1L year, it costs 50 bucks. The price might have gone up a little bit since then, but it's typically, it's, it shouldn't be more than like 100 bucks to sign up. And when you sign up, not only do you get like some helpful books that'll help you get through your first year of law school, you'll also be able to lock in your price for bar prep. So for example, say the price of bar prep in 2017 is like $2,000 for Barbary. If you sign up for Barbary, you lock in that price. So even if the price goes up by the time you graduate from law school and need to start studying for the bar, you're still only going to pay that $2,000. So that's helpful. Um, number two, buy supplements. So supplements, some people call them horn books, but like supplements are basically books that explain the subject matter to you in layman's terms so that you can digest the material better. Because when you go to law school, you're going to learn that like it's definitely, it's pretty much like a whole other foreign language. So um, the material is going to be very dense. It's not going to really be easy to absorb like the stuff you learn in college and grad school is. Like law school is going to be like on a whole other level. So you want to make sure that you really understand what you're reading and you get out of it what you're supposed to. So supplements help with that. Supplements definitely helped me kill it in con law. I don't think I would have done as great in con law as I did if I didn't have um, a horn book. They're super helpful. So um, definitely do that. Um, if you want like specific examples, feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you a couple um, that worked for me and a couple that I know worked for other people. Number three don't be afraid to ask for extra help when you need it. Um, and I find that a lot of students don't want to ask for help. Like I was one of those students because prior to law school, I was a straight A student. Like I was one of those people that would not study for a test, would roll out of bed, wake up, take it and get an A on it. That didn't happen in law school. Law school, I was like giving my blood, sweat and tears and studying my ass off. And sometimes I only got a C plus because of that damn curve. And I'm like, what the hell? So, um, you know, law school is definitely hard. It's tough. The material is tough. The stuff makes no sense. Like property law, I kid you not, property made no sense to me at all. Like the first year of property learning about estates and stuff made no sense to me. Um, or rather first semester was like personal property. Second semester was like estates and all that complicated stuff. None of that made sense to me. Um, studying for the bar, like I took a pre bar prep class, 
still made no sense to me. Property did not make sense to me until I started studying for the bar. Like I had already graduated from law school and I was like, oh, this totally makes sense to me now, but didn't make sense to me in law school. So if and when you get confused in property, like speak up. Um, Your professors are there to help you succeed. They don't want to see you fail. Even if they might look like they do, it's in their best interest to help you pass. They want you to succeed. So if you don't get something, speak up. Don't just drown in your own confusion or rely on your classmates' explanations. Like Get help straight from the source. If you don't get it, then go to your professor. And even if you continue to not get it, if your professor sees that you're trying, if your professor sees that you're meeting with them after class to try to get the material, like you're making a genuine effort to get it, I'm pretty sure that professor is not going to fail you because they're going to see that you made the effort. I mean, that's that's honestly how I feel like I passed UCC. Um, first semester of UCC, I did really well. Um, second semester of UCC, I struggled a lot. And I went to meet with my UCC professor, like at the end of, like, I think almost every class, like after every class I met with him and I was like, I don't get this. Or even if I thought I got it, I met with him just to confirm that I understood it the way that it was. So um, I honestly think that, you know, he gave me a passing grade because he saw the effort that I was putting in and I really was trying. It, It just made no sense to me. Similarly, I, th- I think that's why I passed statistics because, like, I couldn't tell you, um, I couldn't tell you a standard deviation of anything to save my life. So, moral of the story is if you don't get something, just make sure that you're getting the help because you don't want to, um, you know, wait too long. You don't want to drown in your own confusion and then the next thing you know, you're out here getting like D's and F's and then you get kicked out at law school. Number four. Make time for student activities. Not only do you get to meet other students and interact with them, but you also get to interact with their professors as well. And you get to network with any guest speakers that they might have. And again, when it comes to jobs and opportunities and internships and just succeeding as a law student and as an attorney, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. So you want to make sure that you're well known in your law school community and to the people that matter. And number five, start thinking about your summer internships around midterms. Um, I definitely waited way too long to start thinking about uh, summer associateships and internships and all that stuff. I literally, I think, I literally waited until like April to start thinking about like, hmm, oh, I don't think it was April. Probably was like February or March of like, second semester of 1L year, and I was like, hmm, where am I going to intern this summer? And by then, it was too late to apply to all the, all the summer associateships because a lot of the deadlines were like end of first semester, early second semester. So start thinking about that stuff around midterms. Make a list of where you want to apply to, when their deadlines are, what they require, whether it's, you know, letters of recommendation, your uh, transcript, whatever they require so that you can make sure that you're meeting the deadline so that, you know, in your spare time, um, which you're not going to get a lot of, but you definitely want to make sure that you're managing your time accordingly. Um, Make sure that 
you know, during Thanksgiving break or Christmas break or whatever, that your applications are ready to go as soon as, you know, they need to be turned in so that you have a decent shot at getting a summer associateship for next summer or a decent internship. Depending on the law firm, um, a lot of summer associates get offers when they graduate. So if you're able to get in like big law, if that's your thing, or, you know, any other like mid-sized law firm, if you do a really great job, chances are they might invite you to come back and you'll have a job waiting for you when you graduate from law school. So that'll alleviate the stress of, you know, figuring out what you're going to do if and when you pass the bar and, you know, you'll already have a job waiting for you. So best of luck. I hope these tips help you have a great 1L year. Um, if there's anything else you have questions on or if there's any other way that I can help you or if you just have any other questions about anything law school related or not, just feel free to reach out um, and definitely let me know how your 1L year went. So that's it for today. I just wanted to finally answer some of you guys' questions and share some of the questions that I already answered um, with you guys just in case it helps. And also, like I said, a lot of you guys have been asking me very similar questions. So I figure let me just put out a podcast episode answering these questions and you know, hopefully it'll help if you guys have other questions or if you guys want me to elaborate on anything that I talked about on this episode, you can reach out to me um, via email. My email is hello at attorneybianca.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram. I'm attorneybianca there as well. Some of you guys have been reaching out to me on my personal Instagram, which is chocolate nerd. That's fine too. And I've had a couple people reach out to me on Twitter. And my Twitter is um, at BJGESQ. So, yeah, um, I hope you guys have a great rest of the summer. I hope those of you that are starting or returning to law school have a great semester ahead. For those of you thinking about law school, really take the time to understand and think about why you want a law degree, what you want to do with it, and does what you want to do actually require um, this really expensive degree. And also, if you have questions about what lawyers actually do on a day-to-day basis, like, let me know. I'm down to share what I do. Um, I'm not a litigator, so I don't go to court often. I actually rarely go to court. I haven't argued something in court Last time I went to court was 2015. I was supposed to argue something and I ended up not needing to anymore. So the last time I actually argued something in court, I wasn't even a lawyer yet. I was in my immigration law clinic and I successfully argued for um, guardianship for one of my clients so that he could then apply for an immigration benefit. So I've never, technically I've never argued um, a case in court as an attorney. Interesting. <laughs> but, um, but I'm mostly a transactional attorney. Um, just my immigration cases haven't required going to court. Or um, if they require dealing with immigration court, it doesn't require like arguing anything. But, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for that chance because, you know, I am an attorney. Why not? But
But if you guys have any questions about like transactional law versus litigation, if you guys have any questions about immigration law, I also do business law. So if you guys have any questions about what types of things business lawyers do, definitely reach out. I'm here for any of your questions. So I hope this episode was helpful. Um, I'm just always here to help you guys. So if you guys have any other questions, let me know. And otherwise, I'll chat with you next time.